Hey, hey, my friends, and welcome to episode 120 of the Yours Truly podcast. What I should say is the first episode of 2021. And today we are going to be talking about tackling the new year 2021 from a non-diet place. So if you are new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. I am so truly glad that you are here. My name is Claire Tuning. I am a registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor. I live here in the Washington DC area, but I own a virtual coaching practice where I work one-on-one with individuals from all over the country on intuitive eating, mending their relationships with food. And of course, this podcast is kind of an offshoot of that. So I meant to actually have this episode up a week ago, <laughs> maybe not a full week ago. I meant to have it up a little bit closer to the start of 2021, but of course in 2020's final stab at taking me and the rest of us down, my audio cut out the first time I tried to record this episode about a week ago. I had did, you know, this full 40 minute solo episode recording. I was so jazzed, had such a great time with me, myself and I, and realized when I went to play everything back to make sure everything saved correctly and, you know, the audio hadn't messed up, of course, something had gone wrong and I have spent the last week trying to troubleshoot and figure out what the heck is wrong with GarageBand, my microphone setup, and... (laughs) Of course, the thing that has fixed all so far, I say fixed heavily in air quotes there because I am not convinced that I won't have the issue again, but of course, restarting my computer seems to have been the thing that uh, has worked so far. So let's hope for the remainder of this episode that our audio sticks in there and that we don't have any weird sound issues. But I was like, of course the final episode that I tried to record in 2020 would have failed in some way, shape or form. So I'm recording this for round two in the new year. So hopefully 2021 is gonna be kinder to us. But this episode of the podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating discovery course. So if you have ever wondered how to get started with intuitive eating or what makes it different from dieting or maybe how to break up with your dieting tools like the scale and or food tracking devices, or start reconnecting to your body's cues around food and maybe even begin challenging that voice of your inner food police, then this course was made for you. The course itself contains a variety of resources that will help you learn how to take your first steps towards having a confident and free relationship with food. It includes eight guided coaching lessons that are each filled with real life tools that you can apply to your life Really as soon as you listen to them, so as soon as today, you will have downloadable PDF worksheets following each coaching module that contain key takeaways and journal prompts and activities to help you set realistic goals and take action towards what you're learning in each module. And you'll also get lifelong access to a private Facebook community exclusively for course participants where you can ask questions, tune into weekly live Q&A sessions, and of course, receive group support from myself 
and others navigating the journey. And lastly, there is some bonus content like a mindful eating module, a 45 minute body image Q&A with licensed professional counselor and body image coach, Brianna Campos, who you can actually find here on the podcast on episode 84. And there's also an additional resources guide to help you learn from the other incredible practitioners out there. And there's more bonus content where that comes from, but I I will let it stand at that for now. So if you want to learn more about the course and claim your spot today, you can visit clairetuning.com slash course. That's clairetuning.com slash course. And as a thank you for being a listener of the podcast, I am going to give you a discount. So you can enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off your enrollment investment. That's clairetuning.com slash no kidding, clairetuning.com. There we go. (laughs) Enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off of your intuitive eating discovery course. And I hope to see you on that participant list very soon. But if you are not a new listener of the podcast, you will know or at least recognize that I've actually taken a couple of weeks off the podcast. Now, A couple of these weeks were planned in December, a little bit closer to the Christmas holiday, as I shared with you earlier, the most recent week off that I took of the podcast wasn't planned. That was due to technical difficulties, but thank you so much for your patience and for being here now, today, starting what will be the fourth year of the Yours Truly podcast. Now, our longtime listeners will know this, but right about now in an episode is where I typically share a featured post from our free private Facebook community called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. I am not going to be sharing a featured post today because I really want to save my breath and get to the point of the episode where we walk through a couple of tips for your new year. But if you would like to come join our free private community to learn from other people, to ask your questions, to be in an internet community of like-minded people during the month of the year, aka January, that is otherwise filled with so much diety stuff and progress photos here and buy my cleanse there. Like if you just want a corner of the internet that is going to be free from and safe from that, then I would love to have you join us if you're not already there. You can find the application at clairetuning.com slash community. Fill that out. My team and I will look it over and we will get back to you on joining again what is our free community. We'd love to have you there. But enough about all of the intro and my audio troubles. I'm sure you are very excited to learn about that. But when we are gonna dive in here to talking about tackling the new year from a non-diet perspective, I actually did a series last week. So in the final week of 2020, I did a series on TikTok titled, that is hard to say, a series on TikTok titled, too many T's, (laughs) but I did a series there titled a non-diet new year and it was a a goal setting guide and I offered uh, a couple of tips in what was a five or a six day video series and I shared a lot of those TikTok videos to my Instagram feed. Unfortunately, I can't make them reels because reels can only be 15 seconds. 
and all of these were like 45 seconds to 60, but I was getting a lot of questions, people asking, is there a way for me to save these? Can you put them somewhere so that I can refer back to these tips and tricks when and if I feel like I'm needing it, getting started there in the new year. So I thought to myself, I know you can't see me right now, but I'm touching my face. I have like the finger on my cheek, tapping back and forth like I'm deep in thought. <laughs> Maybe that gives you a visual. But I got thinking, why don't I condense these, put them into a podcast episode, and even elaborate on a couple of the tips. So that is what this episode here today is going to be. Also, the beauty of putting some of these tips in podcasting format is there's only so much that I can cover in a 60 second TikTok video and I really had to condense and choose my words wisely in order to make this series and fit everything into five videos. So I'm going to go through some of the same tips and ideas that I offered there. And if you've already listened on TikTok and you're like, I don't know, do I need to listen to the podcast? Am I going to get anything new out of this? I would encourage you if you're available, if you have the time and you want to stick around for the next couple of minutes to do that because I am going to offer a couple more explanations and some ideas here that I simply could not fit into those brief TikTok videos. So let's start walking through a couple of ways that you can set health goals for 2021 in ways that do not involve dieting or restriction or self-loathing, but are rather rooted in sustainability, enjoyment, and self-compassion. After all, I, I said this in the TikTok video and it resonated with a lot of people, but we can't hate ourselves healthier. That is actually a line that was shared to me by a client almost an entire year ago. I think this client graduated in January of 2020. So that has been a phrase and a statement that she made and has resonated with me ever since. And I know whenever I offer it in a video or in a post, I know it stands out to a lot of other people as well. So maybe take that reminder and write it on a post-it or put it on an alarm in your phone that you can't hate yourself healthier in 2021 or really in any year or month to come. And with that said, I want to invite you to think about something with me here for a couple of moments. How many diets have you tried over the course of your entire life? Take a couple of moments. You can pause the podcast here if you need to. Do a little tally. Count the number in your head. Doesn't have to be exact. A rough estimate is fine. I just want you to take a second and try to wrap your mind around the number of programs or diet plans, maybe quote-unquote lifestyle changes, maybe it was a supplement protocol that you bought into, about how many of those have you done over the course of your life? Now, if you have taken a moment to think about that and you're realizing that your number is higher than one, shouldn't take you long to realize if your number is higher than one, but if it is, A, you are not alone. I just want to say that off the bat, it is not your fault. I am not blaming you. I am not here to say, why the heck is your number higher than one? Why haven't you learned that diets don't work? Yada, yada, yada. That is not what I'm here to do, but I will say you're not alone. What I am here to say rather, and I guess this is point B that I want to make, is 
that is proof enough, right? If you're higher, if your number rather is higher than one, that is proof enough that diets don't work because if they did, your number, your answer to that question would not be higher than I've tried one diet, right? If diets really worked both in the short and the long term, then you would have chosen one maybe months, years, or maybe even decades ago, and you would probably still be following that. But if that isn't the case, if you've racked up more numbers or more diets throughout the course of your lifetime, that is proof enough to say these actually aren't working in the long term. And I guess that brings me to my second point, because when I say that diets don't work, a lot of the times non-diet dietitians or, you know, just people on social media who have seeing the light of the non-diet movement, they'll say this thing that diets don't work. And I've seen that phrase catch a lot of attention and oftentimes some backlash on social media, right? I'll look in a comment thread and someone will be saying something along the lines of, what do you mean diets don't work? I've been doing X for 45 days and this number has gone down and that number has improved and I feel X way, right? And that's great if that is the truth for that one individual, right? We can all live our truths, but what we really mean when we say diets don't work is that they don't work in the long term. Of course, they quote unquote work in the short term because you can do near anything for a short amount of time. Right, you can hold your breath for a short amount of time, you can hold your pee for a short amount of time, you can uh, be on a restrictive diet for a short amount of time, you can do that for a certain window of time. But the thing is, is that life goes on after 30 days, after six weeks, after two months. And I think the calling card a lot of the time of these restrictive diets is that they come with a timestamp, right? It's 30 day this, it's six week that, it's one week cleanse, it's all of these timestamps that are a really short amount of time when we compare them to the grand scheme of life for the time that we'll all hopefully be here and alive. And if whatever protocol you are following isn't setting you up with the tools that you need to coexist peacefully and enjoyably with food for the rest of your life, then my bet is that that program, that protocol is only going to leave you feeling frustrated and like a failure in the near future. So this realization that diets don't work in the long term is going to be really key when setting sustainable goals for your new year. Which actually brings me to my next topic. So now we're going to talk about the importance of focusing your health goals for the new year based on behaviors, not weight loss outcomes. Because at the end of the day, weight itself is not a behavior. It never has been and it never will be, right? If we look at what behaviors are, these are things that we have a relative amount of choice in and control over, right? A behavior is something like going to bed around a certain time. A behavior is something like drinking a certain amount of water. A behavior is choosing not to say that thing to your partner when they really annoy you, right? Maybe that resonates with some of you as well. We don't just have to talk about food here on the podcast. We can talk about other behaviors too. But where weight 
differs from all of those examples that I just offered is weight is something that is influenced by things that are outside our realm of control. For example, it can be influenced by our genetics, right? Things we are born with, just like things like cholesterol, high blood pressure can also be influenced by things like our genetics. Now, could those things like cholesterol, high blood pressure, could they also be influenced by some behavior-based things? Yes, and I'll get to that in a moment, but point of the conversation here, things like our weight, things like certain health markers aren't behaviors because they're not within our full realm of control. Other things that influence weight are things like our past dieting endeavors, right? We know that not only do 90 plus percent of all diets fail, but two thirds or maybe even more of those dieters who maybe initially saw weight loss in the first place, we know now that in the long run, they often regain that weight and oftentimes more weight than they lost in the first place. Now, I don't mean this to say that weight gain is inherently bad. I just point that out to say, isn't it ironic that the diets are promising sustainable things and forever weight loss, whereas in reality, we see that they're not really delivering on those promises in the long run. So before I get too far ahead of myself, gonna reel myself back in and come back to our statement that weight is not a behavior. So we're gonna focus our energy and our attention, or I'm gonna encourage you to, you can do whatever you want, but I will encourage you to focus your energy and attention on behaviors, and we'll run through a list of examples here in the moment, rather than weight loss outcomes. Because not only is weight not a behavior, but it's not the end all be all of health either. And I think something that diet culture forgets to mention is that weight loss doesn't automatically equal healthier, especially if it involves disordered and or unsustainable behaviors to get there. So when I'm talking about behavior-focused goals, I know I could say this all day long until I'm blue in the face, but I will inevitably get a really awesome question from someone like Claire, What does that even sound like? And maybe that's you here listening now with maybe all of the goals you've set up until this point in your life or the vast majority of them, if they've been weight loss focused, if they've been appearance focused, the idea of setting something based on a behavior might seem kind of foreign. And that's okay, because I'm going to list out a couple of examples here that you can take. You can take these verbatim, you can take them and tweak them to fit your life and your goals, or you can even not use any of these at all if these don't resonate. But for the sake of offering an example, a behavior-focused goal might sound something like drink X cups of water per day, or maybe try out X new food this week. Maybe another one is, I want to learn what my body's pleasant hunger and fullness cues feel like. If you want more information there, I have so much information and a lot of tools on the how behind that in the online course I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. So check that out on my website if you're interested. Or another example of a behavior-focused goal, this one doesn't have anything to do with food or 
movement or intake exactly, but maybe you set a learning-based goal. So it could be something like, I want to listen to one new intuitive eating podcast per week, or maybe you don't want to learn more about intuitive eating. Maybe you want to learn how to crochet a sweater. I don't know. I've always thought that seemed kind of fun. (laughs) Maybe there's a, a podcast on that, or maybe you want to develop another skill. I've had many people tell me that they want to focus on learning a new language in 2021. So that could even be a behavior focused goal, seeking out the tools and the guidance that you'll need to make that happen. I think it's important to focus on ones that can be related to your relationship with food and movement if that's something that you want to improve upon, but it can also be equally as important to look beyond that as well. Because as we'll talk about here in a couple of moments, your health is influenced by so many things beyond the realm of just food and movement. But before I get ahead of myself there, so we have talked about behavior-focused goals, and now I want to talk about the importance of focusing on what I call an add-in mentality rather than a take-away mentality. Because we all know, I mean, this is a basic fact of human psychology, that things that are forbidden automatically become more enticing, right? If you tell a toddler, don't play with this toy, and you leave the toy sitting on the table and you walk into the other room, odds are said toddler might be playing with that toy when you come back, right? Or what is it? I think there's something or there was something going around on social media a while ago. It was like the marshmallow or like the candy challenge. Or it's like you would leave your kid in a room with a little bowl of candy and tell them, don't eat that, don't eat that. And then the parents would leave and there would be a camera recording the kid. And then inevitably, nine times out of 10, at least all of the cute TikToks that I watched, the kid would kind of look at the camera with that devious little look on their face, devious but cute, should I say, and they would eat the candy, they'd be watching the door, and they would get all excited and laugh when their caregiver would come back because they knew it was something they weren't supposed to be doing, but since they were told that was off limits and it was forbidden, they were just drawn to wanting to do that more. And fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, we don't forget that when we are adults. We know this is one of the main reasons why restrictive diets don't work in the long term, like we talked about earlier, because food restriction breeds food fixation. When we try to cut out a certain food or when we say, I'm never going to have this again starting tomorrow, what do we do? We automatically fixate on that food. It feeds into the last supper mentality, our final, quote unquote, final, wink, wink, eating experience with that food becomes more chaotic, we feel more out of control because we've placed a limit and a restriction on ourselves and we are thinking, well, if I can't have any of it more tomorrow, I might as well do it all now. Or, you know, when tomorrow or the next week comes and you want the thing and you're not allowing yourself to have it, then what do we do? We fixate on it more. We eventually have that breach in our own diet rule and then we go down the shame spiral, maybe the binge cycle as well, and then It's a whole cycle that repeats itself. And again, that's why the restrictive, I'm never going to eat this food again, the takeaway mentality, that's why it doesn't work in the long term. So instead of creating this laundry list of foods that you're going to cut out, 
here in the couple of weeks of the first couple of weeks rather of the new year, I'm going to encourage you to try brainstorming a list of behaviors that you can instead add in. So now we're building on what we talked about in that last tip about the behavior focused goal. Now we're combining that with the add in mentality. And by the way, I hinted at this a couple of moments ago, but this doesn't just have to be food related because again, there are so many things beyond our food and our movement choices that can influence our health. So maybe the behaviors that you're brainstorming, that you're choosing to work on adding in, maybe they're things that just make you in general feel cared for. Maybe they're things that help you to take care of your mental and emotional health. Or maybe they're things that contribute positively to your energy level. So for example, maybe something you're looking to add in is more rest, right? Maybe you want to add in going to bed a little bit earlier or implementing a no screen time bubble around the time you're going to bed. You don't have to do that, but it's an idea. Maybe you want to focus on adding in a form of movement that is accessible to you, that you find exciting, that doesn't feel like punishment if you've ever had that icky relationship with movement in your dieting history, or maybe the thing that you're adding in, you do want it to be food related, and that's okay if you do. Maybe you say, wow, I really want to start adding in foods that are more crunchy. I don't know, we could even go with a texture. Or maybe you want to start adding in foods of a certain color to add more vibrance, to add a more variety of nutrients. This is not doing so out of obligation, but maybe you want to explore how you feel when you eat those foods. Maybe you want to see if it adds to the satisfaction of your eating experience, if it helps you to feel more full or more satisfied for longer periods of time. I could go on for days and probably months for all of the, the awesome intentions that could be behind these behaviors you want to add in, but really try to come from this place of abundance. How do I want to feel? What's gonna add value to my life from a, a physical and a mental and an emotional perspective? And then you can go from there. And then the final tip that I have to offer here in what was our series, I guess now it is our podcast, is about how the heck you can actually get started. <laughs> so what we are not going to do, and you've maybe done this yourself in years past, maybe you see other individuals kind of falling down this path now, but we are not going to set a super long list of goals and try to jump into them all at once. And you might be like, Claire, why the heck not? I have a lot of changes I wanna make. I have all these things that I wanna do. I have all these behaviors I wanna add in. If you're using my lingo, like why can't I start doing them all right now? Well, because, well, I guess I should say, you can if you want to. You have full autonomy to try as many things as you want at once, but in my personal experience and in my experience in working with clients, trying to do all of these new things at once can lead to what we call the anxiety of overwhelm, aka that feeling of I have so many things to do, so I might as well just shut down and do nothing. 
have you been there before? Because I know I have been there before when it's like, you're so overwhelmed. There's so many things. Your mind is going a thousand miles a minute and we get so overwhelmed or so stressed out that we just decide, you know, it's so much easier for me to just sit back and not do any of these things that I want to do because there are so many of them that I don't even know where to start. And, you know, that brings me to my next point that this anxiety of overwhelm can prevent us from even moving the needle forward a little bit. It prevents us from getting started if we're so overwhelmed that we don't even know where to begin. So instead of doing that, what I just described, I'm going to encourage you to pick maybe one to two of those behavior-focused goals that we talked about a couple of minutes ago and start there. So if earlier when I was talking about the behavior focus goals and the add in mentality, if you had maybe one or two things that came to your mind first of, oh, I'd really like to do more of that, or I'd like to see how that feels in my day to day or in my weekly life, like whatever came to your mind first, we call those the lowest hanging fruits, me and my clients, whatever popped into your mind first, maybe start there. And then a few weeks down the road, once you have some momentum under your belt, once those one to two things feel a little bit easier, they feel a little bit more like a habit or things that you don't have to actively think about so much because you've been practicing them for a couple of weeks, then at that point, you can add on another behavior focus goal if you would like. And hey, I do not mean to imply that you have to do a million things in 2021. Maybe you want to do one and that's it. Maybe you want to do none, in which case I'm not sure why you're still listening to the episode. <laughs> Maybe you just want to see see for yourself and hear what I have to say and that's fine too. Or maybe you just want to do a small handful and then figure out more as you get later and later into the year. You don't have to enter into this thinking that I'm going to do a thousand things, but again, we're just going to start with one to two, see how it goes, learn by doing, adjust if you need to, and then keep moving forward a couple of weeks down the road. Try to view this. And what I mean by this, you can say goal setting, you can view you know, your intuitive eating journey this way, you can view health in general this way, but try to see it as a cumulative process where each goal is setting you up with the tools and the endurance, for lack of a better term, that you're going to need to tackle the next goals, right? In my coaching program, it doesn't make any sense to tell someone to start with the goal to tackle all of these food fears if they don't first have the tools to try to neutralize their eating experience with that food or if they don't first have the tools to connect to their hunger and fullness cues when they're eating, right? Like if we throw ourselves right into what I call level three, level four without having the skills or the tools that we learn, in level one, level two, then of course, we're not going to get to where we want to be in a sustainable or a long-term fashion because we're kind of cutting the line and we're jumping ahead at the expense of our well-being sometimes, right? No one wants to walk into like that high-level calculus class without first going through the basic class or else you're going to have no idea what they're talking about. And when it comes to setting goals for things that are health related, that is often the same. So we're going to start small, 
pick one to two. We're going to see how that goes for a couple of weeks. We're going to accumulate some momentum, maybe some encouragement, some excitement under our belts. And then if it feels appropriate for you, you can add on when you have the tools that you need, the momentum, when you've maybe learned a couple of things about what hasn't worked in weeks past and you've made some tweaks or some adjustments, and then you can keep moving on from there. Now, I know that's not like the flashy, shiny thing that diet culture is selling you, right? Like it's not, you know, make this giant change in three weeks or cleanse yourself from X, Y, and Z in 30 days, right? That is not what I'm offering here because again, going back to that first tip, that isn't what is going to work in the long term. And if you are here listening to the show, if you're a participant in my course, if you're working with me one-on-one, I really want this to be a space where I offer some ideas and some tools to get you to a solid and a healthy and a sustainable, most important place in your relationship with food, not a place where we're going to have to keep going back to the metaphorical square one after every week because you're setting yourself up with things that don't really make a lot of sense. So I hope you have found this conversation so far to be helpful. If you were following along on TikTok and you came over here to get a little bit more explanation on some of my points, or maybe you just wanted to hear everything again to park it in your memory bank and use it this year, you know, whatever drew you to this episode, I am so happy that you hung in there with me and hopefully my audio has too. Maybe I should pause this and listen back, but hey, we're already 33 minutes in, so we're just going to keep going with it and cross our fingers and our toes. But before I sign off here on this first episode of 2021, I do have one more announcement to share that you might find interesting if you found anything in this episode to be helpful. So if you are looking for more information and guidance and ideas when it comes to non-diet goal setting, I have a webinar coming up on Thursday, January 14th from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be 40 minutes of live content on the three biggest traps that people often fall into when goal setting and, of course, alternatives. So how you can avoid those three traps when setting your goals for 2021. So it's a 40-minute presentation, and there's also going to be 20 minutes of live Q&A at the end of the webinar. So if you have a question, if you want my feedback on something, you can ask it there live. Now you might be like, Claire, didn't you just talk about a couple of tips for non-diet goal setting here in this podcast episode? And my answer for you is, of course, yes, that was the topic of this podcast episode and the video series that I did on TikTok. But you have my word that the three things I'm offering in the webinar are new, they're different. And of course, the webinar being even longer of a form of content than the podcast. And of course, than, than TikTok is, I'm going to offer more in-depth examples. I'm going to share some client stories. We're going to laugh together. And registration also gets you access to a take-home non-diet goal-setting guide to help you organize your thoughts and your intentions for the start of this new year. So if you're looking for more tips, more examples, some stories, some live interaction on this topic, then I would love to have you join us. 
It is $10 USD to register and the link to register is both in the show notes of this episode and it's also going to be in my bio on Instagram. So registration gets you access to the live webinar. If you can't make it live, registering is also going to get you a replay of the webinar. So if you sign up and you're like, oh darn, I can't make it or oh I forgot not to worry you will get a recording sent to your email inbox so you can watch the webinar on your own time you can watch it over if you want to as many times as you would like and of course everyone who's going to catch it on the replay will also get access to that goal setting guide again ten dollars to register you get the live link you get the recording you get the goal setting guide and you also get an hour with yours truly and everyone else who decides to show up and interact in the comment section. But my friend, that is all I have for today's episode of the Yours Truly podcast. Thank you for hanging in there with me here on episode 120. If you found anything valuable in today's episode or in any of the other episodes that we have shared here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could tap those five stars and leave a review. The more positive feedback, the more reviews we get on the show, the more opportunity the show has to reach individuals who could benefit from hanging out with us here in non-diet land. So going into the next couple of weeks and even into the first couple of months of the new year, I have some really incredible guest interviews lined up, some of which I have already recorded, some that I will be recording here very soon. So next week's episode will not be a solo episode with just me. So be sure to check back in here next Wednesday for an awesome conversation with one of our guests. But until then, Take care, happy start of your new year, and we'll talk soon.